Podcast name played nobody. Sunday S P Plus Rankings Reveal Edition. Saturday <laughs> recap. Straight to it. Bill, we're gonna go top thirty. You ready? Actually start at thirty two. That's that that's a pretty good Bill, fun we're gonna go at thirty two. Hey there. Get guess who's at thirty two? Uh <laughs> Take a while. You're not going to guess. It's Florida Atlantic. It's four and three Florida Atlantic. Yeah. <clears throat> the Owls, Bill, in your um, not made up math at all, jumped 29 spots to number 32. <laughs> I'm going to go all the way up to um, to through 26 real fast. Um, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Toledo comes in at 31. I'm just reeling from FAU still. Um, <laughs> West Virginia is at 30. LSU dropped three spots uh, after beating Ole Miss. That's what playing Ole Miss will do. Uh, they're at 29. Louisville has dropped four spots to 28. Michigan, uh, big drop of the week. They dropped 11 spots down to 27. Uh, USC drops nine spots to 26 after losing to Notre Dame. Um, and we'll stop there because I want to definitely talk about the number 25 team as well. Okay, so I guess <laughs> explain explain it FAU first and maybe West Virginia. Well, okay, so here's the, here's, here's the big broad explanation that we'll also – carry through the, the, the rest of the 20s. So uh, it's all about separation. Right now, S&P Plus is basically saying, I don't have a damn clue who's good. Uh, which if we, you know, for us watching football, you know, other than about five or six teams, we don't either. You know, Oklahoma beat Ohio State, tried to lose to Baylor. Um, you know, so many teams have been just kind of scattershot. And so basically you've got a situation where we'll, we won't talk about who number one and three are yet. We will in a minute, but there's a seven point difference between number one and number three. There is a seven point difference between number 21 and number 59. There are 38 teams with it packed within a touchdown of each other. And so the ones who kind of blow out teams a little bit more or, or, or don't or whatever uh, start to eke ahead a little bit. And, and I think uh, this is a freaking mess of a, of a <laughs> rankings. Like everybody, every conference has at least one yeah. top 35 team and every conference has at least a couple uh, teams ranked 90th or lower. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a mess. And if you've watched college football this year, outside of Ohio State and Alabama and, what, Georgia, Penn State, TCU, maybe Wisconsin, uh, everybody's looked Everyone like Everyone is very undefined. Teams. This is going to make it hard on your system for a while, right? Right. I mean, there, there are years like this. This happens. This is not unique. But this is an especially weird year. Yeah, in it's that pretty unique. And that a lot of very good teams have very bad moments. How's that? Yeah. Look at me. I'm a statistician. Okay. All right. We've got another surprise. You ready? Of course you're ready. Ahead of, you know, let's remind people, uh, 26 was USC, 27 was Michigan, 28 was Louisville, 29 was LSU. Godfrey, who's 25? Fresno State at five and two. Naturally. Number t- number twenty four is uh is the very good, not bad football team, Iowa State. They're five and two. I can justify that one. Yeah, no, no. I just wanted to just wanted to love on Iowa State for a second. Um, four and Tech, Georgia, four and two, four and Tech. I like it. Four and two, Georgia Tech is at twenty three. Southern Miss. Look at the Golden Eagles. They're at twenty two, and twenty one is NC State. Six and one NC State. So there's definitely nothing to defend there. Okay. Um, Fresno State is a thirty five point gainer this week. Yeah. They they're 35 jumped, spots. 35, 35 spots. Spot, 35, 35 place gainer. Um, they, so they're in at number 25. Bill, <laughs> Fresno State is 5-2. and two. Yes. Tell me who they lost to. 
They lost to uh, two of the top five teams in the country, according to S&P Plus, Alabama, and Washington. So they are 5-0 and against teams outside of the top five. Uh, most of those teams are very well outside the top five, but they did just kill uh, New Mexico a week ago, and they just drubbed, just destroyed San Diego State in San Diego last night. They uh, they have been one of the best teams in the Mountain West. I, I, I did not foresee 25th, but I knew they were going to rise quite a bit because they've been legitimately good. All those kind of milk toast kind of things I said about Jeff Tedford last year when he was hired. Still don't know about the long term, obviously, but he has yeah. pressed the right damn buttons this year. Hey, man, uh, good for Jay Hobson as well. Jay Hobson, uh, that Southern Miss program is really hard to get them started again. If you yeah. if you re- if you even at this point remember their late nineties, early aughts um, dominance, Boise before Boise, I've called them. Um, the, for what he's doing down there with next to no resources in a highly competitive recruiting area with really nothing to, nothing to offer other than playing FBS level football, they're doing really well. Yeah, um, and that's still a little higher than I would prefer them to be. Yeah, it's uh, a little weird. It's a little weird, but you know that's what we celebrate here. <laughs> that's yeah, sure. Uh, but no, they've beaten that. You know, one of their losses was to Kentucky, and it was a loss that, from a stat perspective. Uh, very, very, very unlucky. They should have won that game. And so that's one of the things my numbers see. And then they just, I mean, they beat you at TSA and they have, they, they pants, they absolutely destroyed UTEP um, in a way that other teams haven't, especially defensively. And so, yeah, I think just the fact that they've looked particularly good two or three times is, is how they bumped up there. I, I, I don't like it though. I assume they'll go back down here at some point. I do like NC state. They're six and one. Yes. They're going to make. They're going to affect the outcome of the ACC. Yeah, um, which we didn't really know if that was if that was a real thing early on this season. But they are. They are good. For, wait, is there? They're only losses to South Carolina. Yeah. Crazy man. What are we? What have we told y'all week in and week out about week one? Huh? What <laughs> we say? What do we say? I think they should count. I think all those losses and wins should count a half. How's that? For, how's that for a stat? Well, buddy? And I, I do wish that the teams that lost to um, South Carolina in weeks one and two could get another shot at South Carolina without Depot, um, the mm-hmm. nameless week two uh, victim uh, from Columbia, Missouri. Can't remember them. Yeah, I don't yeah. know who that is. Um, speaking of six and one um, and defying a lot of people's expectations, fine. Uh, Michigan State is at number twenty at six and one. Number nineteen is Mississippi State at five and two. They walloped Kentucky. Uh, number eighteen is seven and one Washington State. They sort of returned things to order last night. As I was writing in the Penn State press box, I watched uh, portions of this game against Colorado. Uh, number seventeen, your Virginia Tech Hokies at six and one, and number sixteen, Stanford at five and two. Nothing really to debate here. Um, yeah, no. Once you get to like twenty-one and higher, we're, we're sort of in the sane territory now. Right. It's all kind of making sense. It's that 21 to 60 area that just nothing is, everything is fluid and nothing makes sense. You want to put, let's go all the way. I would just include 21 to 16, Stanford, VTech, Wazoo, Mississippi State, Michigan State, NC State. Put them in a bag, shake them up. I think that you'd you'd probably have a different outcome every time. Everybody would be fine with that. Yeah, and uh, toss in number 15 at uh, USF too. Oh, yeah, that's right. Spoiler alert, your undefeated <laughs> South Florida Bulls are at number 15 at 7-0. and um, And by the way, just as a quick footnote, good for ESPN. They really treated that two-lane game like a, like a big game, the way they promoted it throughout the day. I didn't see a ton of stuff because I was on campus. But 
Uh, I, I like the fact that they were kind of living up to their end of the bargain on that AAC TV deal. So good for them. Yeah. Uh, six and one Oklahoma. They come from behind uh, to beat K State in a very K State ish sort of predicament that they found themselves in. Uh, number thirteen uh, Clemson is at six and one still. Number twelve Auburn is at six and two. They beat Arkansas. It was so I had a, just a fleeting uh, examination of the evening games while I was doing Penn State Michigan, and it was like the perfect storm of anxiety ball. I just want to throw that out there where <laughs> Auburn won. They won really convincingly, and like most Auburn people I saw on Twitter were still mad about it. And then Arkansas, of course, the world is ending. So uh, that takes us to number 11, undefeated Miami is 6-0. and oh. They beat Syracuse. I like that Miami's rating is very stable when they are not. Yeah. Um, it's good. Yeah, it's good. They are, they are apparently the team that is going to figure out how to either come back and make every game crazy or blow a lead and make everything crazy. They like that was just a messy game yesterday with Syracuse. Uh, they could never put it away, uh, but they survived again. They are the they are the last two minutes national champions so far, uh, and power to them for that. It's better than the opposite. We're gonna go straight through the top ten. Bill Central Florida is obviously in the top ten. I'm totally fine with it, and I think they they probably deserve to be ranked a little bit higher. So. Okay. Just a warning. I'm not gonna. We're not gonna have the Central Florida kind of haha joke that we did when we pulled the preseason stuff out of the S and P Plus a couple weeks ago. They're just a good football team. They yeah, they, they played. played like, they a, played like a, uh, they played somewhere between good and great every single week of the year so far. Yes, and they they survived a game in Annapolis just for comparison uh, that Houston didn't survive last year. You know, t- terrible, yeah. tough place to play on the road against the Navy option. Um, yeah, and they were. It was setting up like a Navy script. Navy oh, had cut a time. degree. Uh, they converted. As I as I I joked on Twitter, like they ran a fullback dive on third and ten and gave twelve yards. Like it was just following the Navy script all the way. And then UCF's corner absolutely blew up one of the uh, Navy slot backs, recovered the fumble, and that was it. Uh, they put they went out and made the plays to win the game and power I, to them. I was in Annapolis this week on Wednesday, and it was funny because. Um, I talked to the uh, coordinators and I talked to Coach Niamatanolo and, you know, they like what they do against pretty much anybody as evidenced by the fact that they've beaten Notre Dame three times since he was there, but they just kept harping on individual matchups and athleticism, just pure athleticism, and that's what they see most out of Houston and then the two Floridas. And that's the that's the thing that scares them most, and that, that was sort of the difference um, in this game. I didn't get to see all of it. Um, all right. You ready? 10 through 1? Yep. 10, Clemson. 6 and 1. Where did that one? No, 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 wait, no, no, no. I'm sorry. Wrong place. 10, Notre Dame. <laughs> 6 and 1. Notre Dame is possibly a playoff contender. Number 9, Central Florida. 6 and 0. Oh. Number 8, 6 and 1, Oklahoma State. Uh, what was the joke I saw on Twitter? Mike Gundy owes back taxes in Austin because he owns. Um, because he owns the. I can't remember the joke. It wasn't that great. Um, <laughs> okay. But what is that? Four in a row, right, Austin? Uh, it sounds right. Yeah, they they messed around. And four in a row, it, yeah. but they won. They won. Um, possibly the. Ugh, wait, hang on. Okay, so like, yeah, Wisconsin seven and zero, whatever. Um, TCU's at six. <laughs> TCU's at six. Wisconsin fans and Notre Dame fans hate you. No, now. I love Wisconsin fans because here's why: Wisconsin understands themselves. What can I say? What can I say? Bear, another perfectly another perfectly manicured Barry Alvarez death machine that's going to just just sleepwalk through the West. That's not their fault. It's not our fault that we don't notice. 
I mean, it just is what it is. Like, I like Wisconsin. I like what they do. Okay. I hear, you know, a little friction about the way he manages his coaches, all kind of stuff. But, like, it works. We do the thing. I mean, look, everything about Wisconsin is what Nebraska probably should be, and they're not. I've said that a thousand times. So good for Wisconsin. But, damn, it's hard to talk about y'all. It just is. (laughs) I'll see you in December when you play Penn State or Ohio State. It's one-game season. And that's kind of awesome, man. Dude, I wish I – what coach in the world would not love – to be running the kind of consistent program in the, in the Big Ten West that Wisconsin is. It's amazing. They're really, say, they're really far away from places like Florida and Texas where you apparently have to get recruits or blah, 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 right? I, I don't remember if I actually mentioned this on PAPN. Um, back in July, I was strolling through Madison, um, met with the SID for a little bit, took a little tour, um, stopped by Paul Christ's office. Uh, he wasn't in there, but I did get to see the structure of his office, which was literally a desk with a 52-inch uh, monitor, TV screen, or whatever, right above it. Okay. Like, just at the end of a normal-sized desk, just a 52-inch. I, I, and I was so really... Like if, you, I, if you had a normal desk and you just put your living room television at the end of it? Pretty much. Okay. It was... It was incredible, and I want to I want to kind of revisit now, like during a game week on like a Wednesday night when he's just watching film on this thing. I want to see how many different little picture and picture things he's got going. I it was fascinating. Anyway, all right. Well, let's just take a knee now and break the meme. Wisconsin, by the way, was here's here's what Wisconsin's got. They were fine against Maryland, right? Very fine. Illinois, Indiana, Iowa. A Michigan team that is not good on offense and Minnesota. That's like three guaranteed wins. That's like four guaranteed wins. And I just took a half for like a crazy upset potential against Minnesota and that maybe Michigan might make adjustments on offense by then. So I gave like each of those like a half. And at Indiana, Indiana is still competitive. They just, you know, with the, the, they're living up to their own meme of we're always going to lose in heartbreaking fashion. Now, just for a second. I don't want to drag out the recap show too long, but we're like we all know who the top teams are. Um, if they lose a game here, they can probably still win the West, no problem, right? Oh, yeah. No fuss, no muss. So let's say they lose Michigan, but the, and so what's their best win going into Indianapolis? Uh, that would be FAU. Um, okay, right. So stay with me. Northwestern probably would technically be the right answer. But okay. According to S&P, FAU. <laughs> It that would put them in it would put them at risk, in my opinion, in a in a in a in a manner in which um, the east the east division if they were to go to Indianapolis and beat Ohio State or Penn State, and have that one loss, it it might put them at greater risk than if the reverse was true for some of the teams on the other side. You see what I'm saying? Like Oklahoma, like like Oklahoma is Ohio State's loss, and they would have beaten Michigan, they would have beaten uh, Penn State, they would have beaten someone else of merit, uh, Michigan State. Like, Wisconsin, your resume is not great, such as life in the West. So win all your games. By the way, they have already almost literally clinched the Big Ten West. They are 4-0. There are two teams in the West that are 2-2, two and two, Nebraska and Northwestern. They've beaten both of them. Um, God, so, much, so, so much Wisconsin. And so Just Purdue, so Iowa. So much Wisconsin. I know. Purdue, Iowa, and Minnesota are all 1-3. They've already beaten Purdue. So that leaves Iowa and Minnesota the only teams that are within three games of them at the moment who could still beat them and win that tiebreaker. So they, I mean, it's, they have almost literally clenched the West already, and it's mid-August. Well, I guess it's, it qualifies as late October. What I was trying still. to get to was did TCU is 6, Oklahoma State's 8, and if you flipped them, I wouldn't notice. 
I don't know which one of these two teams is the best in the Big 12, but I know that they're both. Well, the transitive property would tell you that it's TCU because I, they beat Oklahoma I got State. your transitive property right here. Number five, uh, Washington, 6-1. and one. Number four, Georgia, 7-0. and oh. Number three, I covered a game of meaningful impact. I was so excited to be at a game that I could talk about on this show. <laughs> I watched Penn State last night. They're number three, seven and zero. Oh. Number two is Alabama, and number one is still Ohio State. How many weeks in a row now? Three, uh, what is that? Three, three weeks think? in a row that Ohio State is number one. So you have upcoming this week. This is not the show where we talk about the coming week, but we kind of have to. It's Penn State, Ohio State. That's yeah. a big one. Yeah, a little bit That's salty. Um, salty. I. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I will say, um, I mean, I think Ohio State's, I don't know if I'd consider them the best team in the country, but they're very, very, very good. And in Columbus, they should be favored. I think that the early line was like about a touchdown. Yes, I saw, um, as we record, yeah, it is late in the afternoon on Sunday. I saw that uh, Ohio State opened as a seven-point favorite. Yeah, and, and my numbers, it'll, it'll have them like a nine-point favorite instead. But whatever. I mean, it's, it's yeah. going to be in that range, and I think that's completely justifiable. But I, I do want to take a minute to – I mean, we uh, granted, we commend Penn State plenty on this show. Mm-hmm. But the way they have gone about, you know, taking on the fact that they're the hunted and clearing it hurdle by hurdle by hurdle and doing everything in such a methodical way and introducing new pieces of offense every time they need to and keeping as much as possible in reserve and then just on, you know, bringing out, like, so, the direct snap and the stuff from last let night. Me inter- let me things. interrupt you. He had a quote last night specifically about that. He said in the po- – and this was in the big scrum after the game, Franklin. He said that, th- that Moorhead had another call that was – like formation and play never before seen similar to the, like, I don't know what you call that wildcat zone read, whatever the hell that thing was that worked. Um, and Franklin was like, they were up at the time. And Franklin was like, Hey, uh, don't do that. Like, because <laughs> to your point, the, they now have all the layers, right? So they have the experience at the skill positions. They have functional offensive line play. They have the best running back in college football. And they can do these things. Defense. And they have defense. Yes, I wasn't going to get to I'm writing about the defense this week. <laughs> I'm going to write about the defense this week. But what's amazing is this was the first time I ever sat down with Moorhead was two years ago on signing day. And and he and Pry that day both said, like, this is, you know, 20, by 2017. They kind of said that officially and unofficially, like, watch out. And so now what you have is they installed for a year. They didn't really know what they were doing until they beat Minnesota last year, and you could see the click, right? After the click, they start to roll. They become a very much a fundamentally different football team to what you have now going into Ohio State, who they upset at home last year. And now they are doing stuff. You're getting the full Moorhead. That sounded dirtier than I wanted it to. <laughs> you are getting the full Moorhead now of like – iterating on iterating it's the kind of fun stuff like that you obsess over where you talk about program rebuild and how long things take and just basically what they were crediting last night bill was the institutional memory of their players to where even in in-game situations they're calling back to things that they haven't run since since um practice in the summer when they were in camp that's what they talked about so they they run in year two, they couldn't do this in last year's camp because they only had 15 practices in the spring, the summer, and then they started playing in the new offense. Whereas they had 15 in the spring and all summer to literally run some of the craziest junk you've ever seen, so I'm told, and then they just cherry pick off of that. Mm-hmm. So this is, here's the cool thing about this. 
you're going to see something weirder next week against Ohio State. That's the that's the most awesome thing I can tell you about the Moorhead offense. As and that also and the last thing is they know they knew that Michigan wanted to make McSorley hit go routes and quick slants mm-hmm. and hard to make passes. And that's where they put their money. Michigan was we're gonna blitz him, we're gonna bring a ton of pressure, and guess what? He hit those passes. It was it was pretty cool to watch. Yeah, he had like two or three terrible possessions there, first and second quarter, like after they went up a couple touchdowns. Yeah, it was the start um, of the second quarter. Th- he throws an interception, which is just miscommunication on the route. And then yeah, after that was that, also like his third. It, that was also like his third or fourth really bad pass. He had, of he had that like drive. some, like he was out of sorts. He had two passes before that that looked like yips. Yeah. They were just like like the ball left his hand funny, and I I didn't get a chance to ask him because it was just a you know, massive humanity in the, pre- in the, in the presser. But some of the, um, I think Gusecki said this, like it, it was just so much energy on the field, which is, you know, it's college football. We like that, right? right? Like we like the fact that these kids are nervous. I mean, that's why Gusecki said he leapfrogged him after the game uh, or not after the, after the third touchdown. So they got into this weird or where they almost just like got themselves too dizzy and too worked up and they had a bad second quarter. And then on the third touchdown drive, yeah, where they're able to hit the deep ball to cross midfield, get in the red zone, do a bunch of fun stuff, and then boom, keep her into the like, – it was like, we're back, we're fine, yeah. everything's fine. And they never really stopped after that. And also a bunch of their lettermen were like in spirits on the sidelines. Like they let in a lot of their lettermen to stand on the sidelines for the whole game, <laughs> screaming at Franklin to call a timeout so that they could have Miles Sanders punch it in for one more touchdown. There is some serious <laughs> dislike of Jim Harbaugh. Just just wanted to add that on. That's fun. Bill, I think we're out of time. Um, we have about another two minutes to clear to discuss what we already know, and that's that Alabama is two and Ohio State is one. Um, Alabama so is- Alabama-Georgia is going to be the next best game. In, in Well, unless, I guess, TCU and Oklahoma State could see each other again in the, in the conference championship, yep. which would be the same week. And Oklahoma, I mean, Oklahoma's been very scattershot of late, but as long as they keep winning, they have a chance to rally themselves and play at a top 10 level and end up right back there too. So, I mean, it's not either any of those three could put on a pretty impressive show. But, yeah. Oh, and, and then the other thing, congratulations to Washington for having for, for killing the bye week, for moving up two spots without playing. Um, basically, proud of you. yeah, like Rutgers – did well. That helped Washington. Arizona State did well again. That helped Washington. But basically, they stayed the same while Oklahoma State moved down for messing around uh, with Texas. And uh, but no, that's you know performing well in your bye week is very important, and they they killed it. I want to write a doomsday scenario in which Wisconsin loses, wins the Big Ten, and then is kept out of the playoff because Rutgers' strength of schedule or an improving Rutgers team pushes Washington in. Huh. Could happen. I mean, I don't want it to happen. Anymore. I'm just saying, like, I'm just looking for disaster. Bill, what is your ideal playoff pairing? Oh, that's right. As we as we leave week nine. Man, I'm you know technically last week's is, is still we had, good, we had some good ones. Yeah, yeah. We like Miami, Georgia, Oklahoma, Penn State, or Oklahoma State, Penn State. I think is still pretty ideal. Although Central Florida is right there. Notre Dame. You you know you you. I, I mentioned Wisconsin and Notre Dame. You defended yourself with, with Wisconsin. You still ignored Notre Dame. Notre Dame is fun as hell, uh, and they've treated USC like they treated Nevada. 
So, yeah, that's gross. I'm not. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not really. Yeah, that, no. I don't want any. I don't want any part of that. Well, readers understand that if you go to SBNation.com, you can read my words about Notre Dame because I am not a hater. Uh, I do not hate. That, that would be one staff member. And I, and I just said Nevada when I meant like like they played Nevada last year. I meant Temple. But regardless, um, they're what's they're your matchup? You so you're just you're just a preamble. Yeah, you I'm just, just, I'm, I'm just carrying over the the Miami Georgia Oklahoma State Penn State thing. Okay, I'm gonna go Georgia, TCU. Okay. Mm, man, I really want to put TCU and Oklahoma State in the playoffs together. <laughs> um, I don't that one's gonna be tricky. That would have to. No, no. I guess really. I mean, TCU goes twelve and zero. Yeah, yeah, loses yeah. to Oklahoma State in the re, in the the dumbass Big Twelve title game rematch. Um, a bunch of other got teams lose twice, and then there you go. They're both twelve and one. Yeah, and I, don't, I, don't, I don't think any of that's going to happen. I still think Clemson is going to win the ACC with one loss. So let's just say, I tell you what. How about this? How about Georgia, Clemson, Penn State, Oklahoma State? Okay. How's that? None of us, none of us uh, like Bama. Apparently, go figure. Oh God, no, no, no. <laughs> because the point of this exercise is. What is your ideal playoff? In other words, what would be enjoyable to watch? And those things don't go together. <laughs> enjoyable in Alabama are worlds apart, okay? All right, Bill. Um, I will be out on Wednesday, but I am about to, in Magic Podcast time, tape a segment with you that you're going to hear on Wednesday. So I'm yes. not completely gone, all right? Yes. Then I will fill, you, fill in with another guest host on Wednesday. It'll be magic. You'll love it.